Hey everybody, Brian Boyle here and welcome back to another episode of Run Painless, Run Ageless. I am your host and if you are just joining us, I appreciate you coming by and uh, and hopefully you'll go back to episode one, listen in as to who I am, what these uh, podcasts are uh, all about, uh, my experience as a runner, my experience as a physical therapist, uh, you know, why I feel like I'm the, the best person to be talking about this, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, what you can expect from these episodes. If you are joining us and you've been here before, welcome back and I appreciate you coming back and, and uh, checking in. If you have any questions, please send them my way, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at company5k.com. That's the number 5k.com. I'll be happy to get back to you. It, uh, it does take a little bit. I'm getting a lot more uh, uh, responses. You know, so feel free uh, to always write in to me by email. Uh, you can always, uh, if you're on anchor.fm, uh, you can uh, call into the show. And, and uh, I always appreciate that. It's nice to hear people's voices. So, uh, you know, continue to do that. Um, uh, I love it. And uh, if you are also interested in video format of, of a lot of these conversations, uh, you can go check out the Mesh Tongue, M-E-S-H Tongue on YouTube. That's my channel there. Don't look for the Tongue Mesh. That's another interesting one. It's a little bit different. But uh, uh, this is called the mesh tongue, like the tongue of the shoe. And uh, I've got over 180 videos there. You can check those out as well. So today I want to talk to you about shoes. We just talked about the tongue of the shoes. Today I want to talk to you about shoes and why uh, shoes are, are so important. Now, if we think about shoes in general, uh, you know, they are typically what kind of, you know, and I won't say this because there are some people that do go barefoot running. Um, but they're the thing that basically protects the foot from the elements from the outside world, right? So this is, uh, you know, they come in all different shapes, and sizes, colors, uh, you know, looks. Uh, uh, there's differences in uh, between the brands as to who has more room in the toe box, negative heel, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, lift, uh, minimalist, you know, you name it, and it's out there. Um, but the reality of it is, is that the shoes themselves. Uh, you know, um, for as much as the research wants us to be able to find something or as much as the running shoes doors want us to be able to differentiate for a certain foot type or as much as the shoe companies themselves sell on something, uh, to date there hasn't been a significant amount of research that has conclusively said that one foot type fits better into a certain shoe, uh, that if you are looking for yada, 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 that this shoe is going to be the best outside of a couple different things. Uh, weight of the shoe is going to obviously, you know, increase the efficiency of your running. Uh, what's also going to change is the comfort of the shoe. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit here. Um, and then certain aspects of the shoe um, that we'll talk about uh, as well can, can change the way the different dynamics of the foot and its contact with the, uh, with the ground. Um, now, what has been very popular, and I, and I see it becoming less popular, but if you think back in you know, the last two, three years, uh, barefoot running and kind of minimalist were, were very hot trending topics. Um, I haven't seen it as much in the last six months, and, and I'm going to guess the reason why is that uh, unless you are an absolute biomechanical 
beast okay you're a pure specimen and biomechanically your foot hits the ground and you land on the outside of your heel um, and then you kind of go off the outside of your foot and you roll across the, all the metatarsal heads and you go off the big toe and you're just this pure specimen uh, chances are barefoot running isn't going to be for you now, if you are that biomechanical specimen, uh, you know you're you're um, you know five foot six, 120 pounds, and uh, um, you know you have either kind of this uh, small to medium frame, and you're just biomechanically correct. Barefoot running may be for you, but how many people does that actually describe, right? I mean, I think we're talking to our 35 to 50 year old crowd here. Um, chances are you may have been there when you were younger, but if you're there now, um, you know that uh, uh, there's probably f- far fewer than you know than most. Um, let's just say that, right? So in the small minority, the outliers, if you will, as as according to Malcolm Gladwell. So if you don't fall in that category, you're going to be putting on shoes. Now, as I had alluded to, there's tons of research, tons of research out there. Uh, what's the best shoe for uh, for smaller frames? What's the best shoe for supinators or for pronators? Or um, what's the best shoe for military recruits? Or what's the best shoe for beginning runners or experienced runners? Um, you know, the the shoe stores themselves are going to come into the to the mix. They're going to say we've got our motion control, we've got our stability, we've got our cushion shoes, we've got trail running shoes, uh, we've got minimalist shoes. Uh, you know, and, and if, if you fall into any one of those groups, these are the shoes for you. And yet I'd be, I'd be hard pressed to say that there's any conclusive evidence that says any of that stuff makes a difference other than a way for your shoe stores, your running shoe stores. Uh, we're not talking about Payless or, you know, some of these other, uh, um, you know, like the Nike outlet that just kind of puts their shoes out there. Um, these are, these are the running shoe stores where they're dedicated to running and they have a whole host of uh, a number of different brands there. Uh, so you're going to get the best selection of, of running shoes possible. There's, there's no evidence to say that any of that stuff means anything outside of you put your foot in the shoe, it feels comfortable, okay, and away you go, right? It doesn't have to have necessarily the best colors, doesn't have to necessarily have the best lacing system, doesn't have to have necessarily the best, um, you know, uh, um, unique design, unique tread, whatever, but it, it feels the most comfortable. And that's kind of where we're going uh, as far as how the shoe is going to work for you. Now, most running shoe stores are going to allow you to jump on the treadmill. They're going to allow you to, you know, if they have a treadmill, they're going to have some sort of running track. They may allow you to go outside. Uh, that's where you test this stuff out, right? There isn't a hard-pressed, you know, piece there that says, um, you know, that you your patent leather shoes that are going to break in, um, you know, have to be worn in and, and then they become more comfortable. This isn't the case in running shoes, right? Running shoes, you have to feel comfortable in them to begin with. Okay, and if they don't feel very comfortable to begin with, they're not going to break in and get better at a later time. Now, the downside of shoes, right, as we all know, is that shoe companies like to bring in new models, right? This is our own fault. We ask for more, we ask for better, we ask for different. Um, there are probably about five shoes that, uh, that were made in the late 80s and 90s that are still in production today. The, those kind of the bigger shoe companies, Saucony, New Balance, um, Brooks, um, you know, they, they have these, uh, these shoes that they put into production and they still, you know, still make them. Chances are you're not going to find them in a store uh, unless it's a real specialty running shoe store and they like that shoe. 
that uh, chances are you're going to have to order them online or you're going to have to uh, ask your shoe store to buy them, you know, and, and kind of order them for you. Um, and so it's usually the, you know, those folks that have been running for a very long time that have started with that and were lucky enough to get into that shoe, liked it, it worked for them, and now they they, they continue on. Uh, chances are you're not going to pick up the the uh, the, the catalog um, for Roadrunner Sports and be like, oh hey, um, I want to try the Shadow Six Thousands because uh, uh, because they look the greatest, right? I can guarantee you, when I was introduced to the Saucony Shadow 6000 in 1991, I almost kind of kicked and screamed, but the, uh, I was good friends with the shoe store owner at the time, I was in high school, uh, I was on the varsity team running cross country and track, he said, Brian, he says, you got to try these shoes, and I said, oh, come on, I said, look, look at this, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the colors of these other shoes, the Asics gel at the time, and that was hot, right, I mean, they had... They had greens and yellows mixed together. They had purples and pinks and blues and reds and uh, different colors that just, you know, at that point was brand new. And so Asics was really hot on the scene. And, and I said, I want those. And he said, yeah, but, but you know, you've always told me they don't really feel the most comfortable. And I said, you're right. I, you know, I, get about, I get about 150 miles out of an Asics pair before, uh, before they, they started hurting my feet, my shins and such. Um, and he said, you got to try this. You got to try this sock and he shadow. And uh, he says, you know, that you'll, you'll be pleasantly surprised. So I put them on and I said, hmm, okay, maybe, maybe I can try them. Look at the shoe. Go online, I dare you. Roadrunner Sports, Saucony Shadow 6000. It's a white shoe with red and blue that quickly becomes gray. Okay, I mean, within like the first run you go out, it becomes gray. They're, they're not flashy. They're by no means... Um, you know, the ideal shoe for, for looks, um, but they work for me. And I've, I've had, I don't know how many pairs, uh, uh, of those shoes. I, I guess into the hundreds of pairs, uh, since about 1992 and continuing on to this day. But that very rarely happens, right? You go to the shoe store, seems like, you know, the next month and they've got a new model, right? And you're like, wait, wait, wait a second. What happened to the last model, right? I, you know, I was just in here, uh, you know, maybe it was three months ago and you're now already like gone with that model. Like what is going on here? And, and so it goes, right? The shoe companies love to bring out the latest, the greatest, the next best thing. And yet there, there really isn't a rhyme or reason to that other than some marketing approach. And maybe they're trying out some different materials. Uh, you know, like I said, we, we do know that lighter materials, uh, you know, are going to, uh, uh, you know, allow you to be more efficient. The Saucony Shadows are, are ridiculously heavy, okay? They come in at about 11 ounces. So when I would race, I would drop down to a, uh, either a lightweight trainer or, depending on how long the distance was, kind of a racing flat, uh, you know, that, which can go anywhere between 11 ounces, I mean, almost three quarters of a pound, uh, you know, down to, uh, uh, you know, anywhere between four and eight ounces, which again is going to increase... The efficiency is going to increase the speed at which I can, you know, I can run, uh, you know, and not have the weight of the, the shoe impacting the uh, the performance, uh, you know. So these are things that you have to take into consideration, right? So, uh, you know, it becomes then what are you wearing those shoes for, right? So if you're going with a heavier trainer, do you need a lighter weight shoe also for, you know, if you do want to uh, attempt a race or do you want to just stay in the same shoe, you know, what are you going for? Are you going for the distance or are you going for the speed? These are things that you have to take into consideration. Uh, what I've also noticed throughout the years is that certain 
properties of the shoes, okay, depending on the temperature, will have an impact, right? So if you get into uh, below freezing temperatures and the EVA midsole of the shoe becomes very, very stiff, you may have an issue. I do run into that with the Saucony Shadows, that they become very much like a brick when we get down towards the uh, the teens and, and zeros and below zeros, um, you know, that, uh, you know, in outdoor running uh, in cold temperatures, those, those Saucony Shadows, they, they become very, very stiff. Um, so while I like that, uh, I like the feel of that shoe, sometimes you do have to go with a softer, kind of more cushioned shoe in the colder weather, just because it's going to, uh, it's going to have, um, you know, more give and it's going to feel more responsive to the foot when you're out there, out there running. But, but again, uh, you won't know that until you get into this, right? So for, if you're newer into running, uh, this may be way beyond what you're looking for. And if you're an advanced runner and you're, you're looking for the next thing, then, you know, again, maybe taking consideration into the, uh, the stiffness of the shoe if you are running this time of year uh, outdoors and, and you notice that the shoe's just not responsive and you, and, you, and you know that normally you can get more miles out of the shoe, uh, you, know, you may have to look into wearing a different uh, a shoe for that period of time or at least in, in the colder temperatures. Uh, you know, again, something to consider. But but you know the uh, when we when we start getting into the differences in those shoes, like I talked about, um, you know, is there a best? It, it does come down to comfort. Um, you know, other things to be mindful of. You know, if you are going to go to the minimalist or barefoot, you you want to break yourself in. Okay, if you see somebody out running barefoot and they're running for more than just striders in the grass, you know, after uh, you know we're doing some bounding or whatever. Um, after, uh, you know, after a workout, um, you know, chances are they've been doing it for years. Chances are to, to look at their age, right? I mean, um, that's not always a good indicator. I don't want to get into ageism and stuff, but, but, uh, um, you know, experience level, you can tell who's, who's been running for a while and who hasn't been, um, you know, and, uh, you know, if, if they've been running for a while and they've got calluses all over their feet and they're running barefoot, chances are they've been doing it for a long time. The newer folks with uh, with baby feet, uh, even if they have black toes, that doesn't mean anything that uh, we can get black toes, uh, you know, toenails in, in the shoes. Um, but, uh, you know, it, you got to break that in. So, as I had mentioned, I don't see as much in the last six months in the, in the, the discussion as, uh, you know, minimalist and barefoot running as I had over the last two to three years. So, you know, I think maybe it was kind of more of a fad piece there. and People were kind of realizing that they're not so biomechanically correct, that they're not going to... Uh, um, you know, return to the uh, the earth and be one with it. Uh, you know, they said, yeah, maybe there's something to, to having shoes on to uh, to protect my feet from uh, from injuries. But uh, uh, other things, looking at say um, a trail runner, for example. Okay, uh, the trail runners typically have a piece that comes off the heel that extends back, so it almost juts off the back. Uh, and this heel will, uh, it's designed to give you more surface area, almost like a snowshoe would, right? Uh, but it's designed to give you more traction, more surface area. But if you're a heavy heel striker, what sometimes will happen is that you'll hit that back part and then it not only becomes a liability because you now have this extension on the back of the heel, 
but you also, you know, um, you also have this greater moment arm. So the contact of the heel and then the lowering of the front of the foot to get toes to ground to be able to then toe off and, and explode back into, into running form and propel yourself forward uh, is going to place a longer distance between that uh, those toes and the shin. So you may end up getting some anterior shin pain. Uh, it's not uncommon to have folks come in if they've switched to a trail runner or, or uh, change shoes with this, this, uh, uh, this heel counter that's coming out that uh, they go, oh man, you know, I've got this shin pain. I didn't have it before. Uh, why is this? And, it, and it's typically just because of the eccentric loading or that, that lengthening effect of the muscles. Uh, they get this anterior shin splint or shin pain that, uh, that is associated with the, uh, um, the, that piece that juts off the heel of the shoe. And unfortunately, it is sometimes known to cause pain. Uh, you know, also, if you have a negative heel drop, Ultra is, uh, is one of those folks that, ha- that likes to have the, uh, the negative heel drop, and they say that this is, uh, this is more biomechanically correct. Well, again, if it doesn't feel comfortable, it's not going to feel comfortable. I've actually had some folks that have come in with outer knee pain. The, the fibula is getting jammed in because the heel's sitting down, the malleoli of the fibula, um, you know, or the bottom portion of that, uh, that outer shin bone, uh, you know, gets jammed into the outside of the foot. It pushes up, it get, puts pain on the, uh, or it starts irritating the common perineal nerve as it comes around the top of the fibula. Uh, it can cause the IT band to, to become sore and friction. We can get some bursa, you know, whatever that may be. You know, these are certain things that you have to be mindful of. So, so you know, listen to your body. If your shoes are, you know, new or you're putting some on and, and they just don't feel right, you feel like they throw you in a certain direction, they feel like they're, they're moving you different, um, you know, don't be swayed by what you're reading or you're listening to or what your friends said or your training partner said. Uh, don't look at, you know, who won the, la- you know, the last race or what, you know, Nike's doing with the, the sub two, uh, you know, and, and you've got to get the, uh, the latest and greatest uh, um, shoe that's going to give you energy return and all this other stuff. If it doesn't feel comfortable, okay, it has no bearing on how it's going to do for you. Okay. Um, the other nice thing to do is if you are going to be wearing the same shoes over and over again, if you can, if you can be that lucky, okay, uh, keeping your training log, you know, see how you feel, see when they start to break down. That way you kind of know, you know, if it's, if it's 400 miles, is it 300 miles, is it, you know, what's going on that you feel differences. Uh, that's another nice way that as you progress to, to be able to say, all right, you know, these shoes are coming up. I can't tell you how many times uh, I have been to the point where I'm like, oh, my knee's starting to bother me. That's really weird. I don't remember doing anything, um, you know, and then I go, oh, wait, it's probably time for my shoes. And so I'd look in my training log, about 450 miles is when shadow of 6,000 stopped working for me. I start getting uh, typically right knee pain and uh, I replace the shoes and knee pain goes away and we're no worse for the wear. So uh, just another nice way to, to kind of, uh, you know, continue on and, and, and figure out what's, you know, what are these pains caused from, okay? Uh, especially as we get older, that, uh, you know, there is a joke, it's a bad joke, that says if you wake up without any pain, check your pulse, okay? But, uh, but 
you know, certainly some things will come on and it's it can be attributed to something. So the more notes you have, the more in tune you are with your body and what your gear is, uh, the better off you're going to be. So hopefully you find some value in this. That's all I'm going to say for today. I appreciate you being here. Uh, you know, as I said, if you find some value in this, share this with your friends, your family, your training partners. Please also go back to whatever site you're listening to this on. I, 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 uh, I, I, I thank you uh, if you do this. I'll leave a review, okay? This is the way that other...